the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Hump day. Yes, it is hump day. We are rolling over the hump here on tonight's Andrea K. Show, working our way towards the weekend, and we're glad to have you a part of that tonight. Lots of different ways you can be a part of the show. In fact, you can call in at 888-344-1170. You can email me at andreakshow.com, and we've got a 24-hour hotline number, the AK hotline number for you guys to call if you've got anything on your mind that you want to share. Of course, we want you to keep it rated G because we're that kind of uh, show here. Um, feel free, though, to share your topics, uh, ideas, your feedback, guest suggestions, and more at the uh, 24-hour hotline. Okay, it is hump day, and there's some breaking news happening around America tonight. We're going to share all of it with you. We've got a big player supposedly who's decided to announce a run for the presidency in 2024 the fighting the in battling between trump and desantis is heating up we've got that to share with you guys why is you know bill maher back in the news as the voice of reason when it comes to hashtag science those topics and so much more to get into tonight with you guys before i go any further i gotta bring in my man He's the he's the local myth and the local legend of DJ Potato Skins. And I'd love to talk to each and every one of you, but if you call just to say hello, chat, and give it a long, lengthy opinion, that's what the comment line is for. Okay. All right. Well, that comment line, 24-hour comment line, since he gave you the hint, 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 is 844-814-5227. That's 844-814-5227. Here's my question for you guys at the jump. We've got uh, two battling big stories today. We've got a, a, a big who supposedly has retired for the umpteen dozen time. And then we've got somebody who threw her hat in the ring to be president in 2024. I'm not sure which story I care about the least. I don't think I care any more about Nikki Haley running for president in 2024 than I do care about Tom Brady deciding to retire after he's already retired once before from the NFL. I don't care. Do you guys care? Are you guys interested at all in Nikki Haley running in 2024? That's my question for you guys. Would you consider voting for her? Help me to understand why anybody who would have voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020, why any of them would vote for Nikki Haley? 888-344-1170. If you're in Nikki Haley's corner, if you're for her, please, I I beg of you to help me to understand why you would vote for Nikki Haley. Andrea, I I think honestly, uh, and I mean this sincerely, I think she has about as much chance in winning the nomination as Mike Pence. Oh, yeah, even less. Even less. I mean, what has this woman really done? 
I've talked, I've talked a lot extensively going back to her time as governor of South Carolina. And by the way, Lin, Lindsey Graham, Lady Graham, Lady Graham came out today for Nikki Haley. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Um, and uh, declaring, and by the way, Lindsey Graham has been a fair weather friend at best to Donald J. Trump. And he's certainly no friend of MAGA or America First. Uh, he is his former nickname before he was nicknamed Lady Graham was a Gramnesty because, you know, he never met an illegal alien that he didn't want to offer amnesty to. But here's the thing. When it comes to Nikki Haley, I, I you know, the the idea that she even thinks she has a shot is so arrogant to me. Absolutely arrogant. Because when she was governor of South Carolina, she was incredibly instrumental in ushering in the cultural Marxist movement. Uh, that involves the tearing down of the fabric of our nation. She was incredibly instrumental in fostering the notion of CRT and the 1619 Project. One one kid goes and shoots up a, a, a church, and she's joining in in enabling and encouraging the idea of tearing down statues in this country. And I said at the time, this is not about Dylan Roof. It's not about the Confederate flag. Okay, we we don't have a problem with the Dukes of Hazard being rerun. Okay, on TBS at night, what's going on here is the left looking for a way in which they can further the notion. And this was years ago, years ago, when they were when they were looking the beginnings of tearing down statues and looking for ways in which they could uh, to tear us apart and foster divisions among us. And and she was a chief architect of that. And quite frankly, I was disappointed that Trump put her at the U.N. Do I think she did a great job? I mean, define doing a good job for me at the U.N. Which, how, how, how did she do a good job? Cause she used some, some stern language. Who can't? We talked tougher in my sorority when we were taught, when we were, you know, talking about trying to figure out, you know, which gifs we were going to schedule and with what for fraternities on Fridays. Big whoop. Her claims to, her claim to fame is what? Why in the world should anybody from MAGA vote for her? What's she done? And I will tell you as a woman, one of the things that I find incredibly resentful is that the notion that we need a woman as president of the United States. What's the value? What's the, what? Tell me how a woman's genitalia is going to somehow have her be a better commander in chief or a better president of the United States than somebody who's who's uh, of you know the male persuasion. So I'm not interested in her gender either. There's I I got into it on Twitter today because my friend John Cardillo is is coming out hard against Trump, saying that he's lost the independence and the non politically affiliated, and he can't get them back. And my question was, well, if if not Trump, then who? Is Nikki Haley going to bring back these independents? Is Nikki Haley going to bring back? What about Nikki Haley is independent? She's establishment all the way. What about Nikki Haley appeals to the non-politically, uh, uh, the non-politically affiliated? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And I think that, uh, and and I think that she's quite frankly um, it, it, almost a, a sacrificial lamb. I think she almost might be a choice by the establishment to just try to, to just try to just load up with as many people to try to take the steam away from from Trump as possible. Or it could also be the play of the establishment to try to push him to pick her as the VP choice. What do you think of what do you think of her as VP choice, Skins? 
No, I, I, as much as people are heating up the debate between DeSantis and Trump, I'm still holding out for that. I don't think that would be a strong choice. Yeah, I think that I, I think that Trump coming out and continuing to attack DeSantis with nicknames like DeSanctimonious and all the criticisms of him that he, that he came out with today, it's clear that, and that's one of the, the things that... Uh, some, he needs to stop that. He needs to stop that because there's a lot of former MAGA people like Cardillo today are saying, look, you know, that playbook of tw- from 2016 is dead. The little Marco, lying Ted... Well, even if it isn't dead, you got to watch where you're uh, throwing your arrows. And DeSantis is not what you don't want to do that to him. No, you don't. He's too beloved, particularly uh, as as the fact is, even though he hasn't proven to me yet his national creds, he hasn't proven to me that he's uh, you know right when it comes to anti deep state policy that he that he understands it. Um, yeah, even if he is running, he's a Trump ally. He is a Trump ally, and for Trump to come out today and say that he is a rhino establishment globalist. Um, the the time to, the time to expose that is in a debate. The, the, it's not the time to do it now because because we could end up in a situation to where it would be glorious to have him as VP. Right. And we don't want another situation like Ted Cruz where DeSantis is like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Well, yeah, and this is not 2016. He has to earn it back. The idea that he doesn't have to, the idea that that he's no longer the outsider he was, he's got to earn it back, and he's got to he's got to be putting forth policies that convinces the further convinces not just MAGA. He's bled off some some conservatives, but also the independents and the non politically affiliated to come back to him. Um, I tell you, yeah, I I I, I don't understand why. I, and then the other uh, loser besides Nikki Haley we had to hear about today. Uh, was Brady. Look, I don't care whether you are a celebrity. I don't care if you're a sports figure. I don't care if you're a politician. You got to know when to leave the party, man. And there's just something so sad to me. Leave when you're on top. But then further than that, once you've left, you know, if he wants to become an announcer, become an announcer, but don't try to come back to the glory days. Yeah, no. And it's just, it's it's actually kind of sad and kind of pathetic. You know, when when people do that, you got to leave. You got to leave at the, at the top and make them make them leave with them begging for more, not leave with them singing the song. Was it Motley Crue? Girl, don't go away. Girl, just uh, girl, don't go. What was it? Girl, don't go away. Mad girl, just go away. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. I'm loving this Bill Maher clip from what he had to say today about science. It can't be said enough. I can't believe multiple times a year we're agreeing with this. We're right. But he actually went further than just talking about his comments on science. It had to do with an entire voting block and one that I think has been ignored by MAGA. And if we're going to be ignored by um, the Republican Party and if we're going to continue to talk about 2024, I think Mars got a point here that everybody should be paying attention to on the Republican side for whatever office they want to run. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Funny man, at least some people think he is, Bill Maher, made some controversial comments about science. Before I get into this, though, I was asking uh, somebody here at the station, our ops manager earlier, like, what's his favorite, like, comedy movie? Like movies that like crack you up to your core, that no matter how many times you've seen it, crack you up. I can tell you one of my top is old school. I've talked about it so many times before. Old school, Will Ferrell as Frank Ferrell as Frank the Tank never ceases to crack me up. Okay, what's your what's your favorite 
comedy. I'm going to have to think about it. There's way too many comedies that I thoroughly enjoy. There's actually not that many that, that well, not comedies recent, that really crack me up. I can't really think of one that like, I mean, I mean, I thought it was going to die. Like a Mel Brooks star. movie. Um, I don't know. My dad always loved Blazing Saddles. I never really thought that's that what was... I mean. I I love them all. Blazing Saddles was amazing. I'm trying to think of other than old school. What has cracked me up? I mean, there's movies that have made me chuckle a little bit, but old school just made me laugh down to my core, like just dying, absolutely dying. Um, there's been some drama, drama, some dramatic movies I've seen that weren't supposed to be comedies that were so bad that I, you know, like a a, a river runs through it. With I think that was Anthony Hopkins. Maybe was in, there was a movie with Anthony. Oh uh, no, you're thinking. Uh, uh, no, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins is not in that one. Legends of the Fall. It might have been. I don't know what it was, uh, it, but he had like a chalkboard around his neck that he was writing. That on. was Legends it was like, of the Fall. It was so bad. I was about to say because River Runs Through it is amazing. <laughs> it was so bad that I cracked up at its heinousness. Okay. Oh, and, and my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny is right up in Two my top youths. three. No, it's the prosecutor that cracked me up so much. I mean, they were identical. Who remembers the prosecutor and my cousin Vinny? All right, Bill Maher. He used to have, um, before this late, years ago, back in the 90s, his, his show was actually pretty funny. And he would have panels on there. Um, he went off the rails for me. But now he's actually making sense. And here's what he had to say uh, about uh, science. And not just about science, but what I found was interesting was what he had to say about a new um, political identity group. Clip two. Private health care decisions. Be careful with that phrase. I read in the front page of the New York Times this week, there is a new voting block, a new constituency, anti-mandate. They said mostly parents. But these are people who are not going to vote based on Republican or Democrat. They're going to vote based on COVID policy. I'm one of them, and I don't even have kids. <laughs> you know, it's a medical issue. I do not want to be dictated. There is no the science, especially in yeah. medical science. You can recommend whatever you like, but I must insist you don't insist how I handle my health. He has never been more right. Dead on. Not just about the fact of that basically it's medical tyranny, that he doesn't use those words, medical tyranny. He's like, but, you know, it's about freedom, individual liberty, that there is no such thing as science, particularly when it comes to medicine. And he's got the right to insist that nobody insist on him. Well, even what if there was do. a science, still his choice. Right. Absolutely. Where he's wrong is thinking that, and, and I also like what he had to say about a new constituency, the anti-mandate, uh, where he's wrong is that he said it's mostly parents. I don't have a kid either, but let me tell you, I was anti-mandate before anybody else was anti-mandate. Were we not? When it came to every aspect of the mandates, whether it was um, 14 days to flatten the curve, whether it was this restaurant, uh, this this industry had to close down, but this one could stay open. And uh, then the masking and, and then, of course, the shots. I mean, the shots came came later into it. I mean, the tyranny, they didn't get to do to do tyranny on us with the shots if we hadn't gone along with as a nation all the other tyranny that came forward with it. Right. And there's many of us. In fact, I opened the show by talking about, for me, never Nikki Haley. And even if Trump, even if John, my friend John Cardillo is correct and Trump has lost independence and not uh, and NPA is non politically affiliated, um, 
he says that he has because of the COVID mandates. And he has a whole thread of Trump supporting the lockdowns, um, supporting that fact, expressing concerns at one point that he thought it was too soon for spas. And Andrew, this is why we've talked about it is so important for Trump to come out and say, you know what, what I did, the people that advised me. It was bad information. It was wrong. And had I had to do it again, I would not have done it that way. Right. He needs to he needs to come out and acknowledge um, that he was lied to uh, by those in the medical community, because the threads that are going around today with him on camera talking about how um, he did. He thought it was too soon for nail salons, for spas and for barber shops to reopen. Those are some of the people that were destroyed. Remember the rallies we had here in San Diego where we had a gal who we had her on the show, where she was arrested at a rally because she was trying to, she was a hairdresser and was broke and couldn't support her family. Um, you could go into a Walmart, but you couldn't go and get your hair done. I mean, it made zero sense, zero sense that you couldn't go and get your hair done, right? Oh, except unless you were Nancy Pelosi, because remember, she got to go get her hair done. So did the mayor of Chicago. So did every other celebrity, there was nothing about this that made any sense. It was never about anything with public health. And here's, a, and here's a, a, another example of how you can know. An article out today about a new mask meta-study. Uh, it's an international research collaboration reviewed several, several dozen studies of, quote, physical interventions against influenza and COVID-19 through last year, and they failed to find even a modest effect on infection or illness rates for masks of all qualities. So it doesn't matter whether it's an N95, it doesn't matter whether it's a scarf, it doesn't matter what whatever type of mask or facial covering, it made absolutely no difference in warding off any illnesses if you want to wear a mask because you've had your lips injected or you've got a bunch of cold sores and you're embarrassed or you know you know or you've got you've got the chronic halitosis bad breath wear a mask okay but i'm still seeing people walking around in masks like it's actually protecting them from something right everybody should be voting, quite frankly, on the basis of not just a, a con- one constituency group on the basis of these mandates. You look at how the medical community is still, still terrorizing us over, over, um, and, and, and because it's, it's not just continuing to terrorize us in terms of there's still doctors that are not allowed to prescribe ivermectin to you if you want to try ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. Um, I, I, I wanted a pack recently and I was denied a pack. I had to be given some other kind of antibiotic for my sinus infection because, oh, just in case you got COVID, they wouldn't want you to get any relief, right? They want you to go to the hospital and get remdesivir because that's how they get compensated. Um, but the medical community uh, through COVID is now corrupted, not just uh, not just because of COVID, but also because of the LBGTQ where you've got the pediatric association coming out. And uh, saying that, yeah, there's, you know, children can, you know, choose their gender, which is absolutely insane. Um, I think that I think that we do need to be thinking, getting back to, to Trump in 2024. I think we do absolutely need to be looking at COVID. I think we all need to be um, saying never again. 
and we need to be holding any elected official, including Trump, who was around at the time, uh, held accountable for for their role in any of this stuff. Going to read a few comments here on a Facebook Live. Uh, Frankie says, but Bill hates Trump. He isn't going to vote for him no matter what, but I do like what he said. Um, I'm not so sure when it comes to Bill Maher who he's going to vote for and who he's not. Bill Maher's an entertainer. And Bill Maher is about ratings. I think he likes um, pulling people's chains a little bit and being a little controversial. Um, but I, 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 I wouldn't say that Bill Maher would never vote for Trump. I'm not sure I, I would say that. I'm not sure I agree with you there. What would his other choices be? Think about that. And right. if Biden, I mean, he's not going to be there. If Biden was there or somebody worse like Newsom, they're all pro-mandate. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's he going to vote for? Sandra says, no self-respecting Southerner uses <laughs> uses instant grits. That's a reference to my cousin Vinny. That's got, my cousin Vinny has to be up in my top three comedies. Is that not in your one of your top three comedies? Yeah, I wouldn't put it in the top three, but you I like it You wouldn't put that lot. in the top three? Pick another comedy funnier I'll have it by than the my cousin the Vinny. Can't do it right now. If you, can't, if you can't pull it out right now, then, then you don't have one funnier than my cousin Vinny. No, that's your opinion. No, it's, it's fact. Okay. Uh, no. I'm. I. You know what? I'm reading Facebook Live, and I think I'm pretty sure everybody's agreeing with me here uh, on this. I mean, what do you guys say? Subjective. Is there what? Is there anything funnier than my cousin Vinny? I don't know. Maybe old school. I think that's probably about about it. Um, I don't see anybody here saying that uh, they would vote for Nikki Haley. I think we've got a. I think we've. Oh, Sandra says absolutely not. I think we've got a never Nikki Haley crowd. Um, I, I think if the establishment wants to move away from Trump, um, I think they got to they, they got to be they got to be thinking beyond the old hats. They got to be thinking beyond the 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 um, worn out, the sloppy old hat seconds that nobody's interested in anymore in MAGA. I mean, you know. But then again, if they really cared about us, would they have Ronna McDaniel back in as the head of the RNC? We're going to take a break. We come back. We've got an interesting guest on for you guys tonight. I was fascinated by the article that um, this gal and her husband wrote. Do you guys know what the term pronatalism means? Are you guys aware that America is dying off? Well, they've got a solution for it. And there was an article about it in the New York Post, and you will hear from her when we come back from the break. So don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Still in the lead on the question, by the way, between me and Skins on uh, whether or not... I haven't is, given you an answer. No, well, that means you've already no, lost that means I'm we're thinking. out of time. There is no funnier movie. I'm not chiming in until the end of the there show. There is it. no funnier movie than my cousin Vinny. That's just... It's end, subjective. End of discussion. End of discussion. We are moving now on to something really serious, which is the question of, is our species... Are we dying off, at least in Western civilization? I think this is a fascinating topic to explore. Uh, we're, and tonight we are joined with Simone, by Simone Collins, who with Malcolm Collins has, are the authors of The Pragmatist Guide to Crafting Religion. And they are advocates for something called pronatalism, which isn't a word that we've heard very often. And she's here to explain what that word means and why this is important. Hi, Simone Collins. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. 
Hi, it's so nice to be here. I'm glad you're covering this subject because it is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is kind of a big deal if human beings are mm-hmm. kind of dying off. And uh, now, uh, so let's get into it quickly before people go, oh, Andrea AK, you're just being hyperbolic. You and this Simone <laughs> Collins, the species can't be dying off. But when I was reading your article in New York Post, um, I was shocked by some of the statistics. Please share what's happening around the world. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, I mean, a lot of people think that in only super developed countries or only where we are or in cities, people aren't having kids. But um, just some quick stats in 2019, the global fertility rate for Latin America and the Caribbean fell below replacement rate. India will achieve that status next year. China is expected by some to beat half their current population within 45 years. First immigration immigrants, sorry, first generation immigrants to the U.S. are below replacement rate. So even though people say, for example, oh, don't worry, immigration will fix it. That doesn't even fix it when you're looking at keeping population stable. And that matters in all these developed countries that are the first to experience population decline. And trust me, every nation will as it becomes developed, um, is that. Our economies, our cities, our pension funds, our governments are all predicated on the idea that population will continuously grow and not slow down. We're at a pyramid scheme and we're running out of chumps to put at the bottom. Guess what's (laughs) going to happen? Nothing good. Right. Uh, what What's the cause of the decline? Because you're right. I mean, I was shocked by these stats. I think it's 115 countries. About half the world's humans are, are below uh, the replacement levels. What's the cause of it? Well, historically, people have had more than two-ish kids because either having more kids meant more income for the family or more security or basically a retirement plan or because they didn't have access to reliable birth control or they didn't have the education to sort of manage birth control. Um, And we've we've reached place in society at which people now have control over their fertility and more or less and and they're becoming more wealthy meaning that if you don't have some cultural exogenous factor encouraging you to have more than two kids where if you're doing it purely for for fun or for convenience or for happiness right it's it's, it's a little hard you know like diminishing mar- marginal returns start to come up after two kids mm-hmm. so people just don't bother um, if they have, if they bother to have kids at all, it's just you need basically culture or a strong values aligned reason to have more than two kids. And since most people these days, um, especially in developed nations, just live for happiness, they have no reason to do it, even though having kids is one of the most impactful things you could possibly do. Well, it's it's interesting, and it ma- it does make me sad. And I will full confession: I don't have any kids. Uh, you know, I won't bore everybody with uh, my fertility issues, but I know that you you guys had some as well. Uh, in, oh, in, I know in, fertility issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and and then there's also those out there that you know not everybody needs to be a parent, but uh, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't ha- we wouldn't have a population problem if it was just if it was just involving people going. You know what? It's just not really my calling in life, or maybe my calling in life is to you know help raise you know my grandchildren or help my, not grandchildren mm-hmm. or maybe my nieces or nephews or maybe to adopt but that's not really the cause of what's happening around the world people you know like me for, with my own my own reasons um, it's really a cultural thing one of the things that I hear so much from young people today is the dire climate change 
uh, predictions mm-hmm. have so many young people as well as uh, the the economic dire economic predictions that, that get made all day long have so many young people saying well what's the point then I think from a cultural standpoint um, when there's such a push on young people uh, to transition genders and mm-hmm. you know obviously there's a fertility you know effect when uh, a young male when there's puberty blockers uh, used on, on, on children I think these are just a couple of of the aspects of our culture, as well as the fact that I think that as much as it is a blessing, I've, I'm an aunt to quite a few nieces and nephews, as, as much as it is a blessing, it's hard work, Simone Collins. I'm it sure I ain't got to tell you, right? And we, <laughs> and I think we've become a society so much that we we want everything to be easy. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, and here's the really ironic thing, if we want to talk about sustainability and the environment, a lot of the traits that people are born with are are inherited and they're genetic so you know it's not just things like eye color and your height that you might inherit there are also things like pro-sociality openness to outside ideas uh, religiosity even political affiliation and people who really care about the environment about sustainability um if they choose not to have kids, they're also choosing not to pass on many of their sort of genetic tendencies that correlate with their values. So ironically, you know, if you care about the environment, maybe you should consider having kids because if you want more people to exist in the future who care about the environment, well, you're, you're kind of eliminating them from the gene pool right now. Um, so it, it's, it is a little ironic. And I mean, I mean, between all the things that are happening now, not to mention endocrine disruptors, all these things that are, putting people's fertility at risk. Um, it's tough, but yeah, it is, it is really, it's tough for people to have kids and for people to adopt, for people to support nieces and nephews. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the policies we're looking at um, through our advocacy work in this space is not, Hey, we think everyone should have kids. We don't. And honestly, not everyone should have kids. And often people can make more of an impact by adopting or by helping their family and being there for nieces and nephews and, um, all sorts of other types of siblings, be they related or not. Mm-hmm. But we do want to take a foot off the neck of people who want to have kids and especially people who want to have a lot of kids. And these days more than ever, you know, if your kid walks home two blocks unattended, child protective services is called on you. I mean, yeah. the, the concept of childhood, even as it existed 20 years ago, um, you know, things that, that you and I did when we were younger mm-hmm. uh, would be considered outlandish these days. And so it's it's really insane just how hard it is to be a parent at all these days. And we would prefer interventions policy-wise or just culture-wise that made it a little easier. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Simone Collins. Uh, she and Malcolm Collins are authors of The Pragmatist Guide to Crafting Religion. One of the things you mentioned in your article is that we need robust action, but you, you mentioned that what doesn't work is the government. Why is that? <laughs> Do I really need to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, there's just so many. And, I, you know, I could get nerdy on this, right? Like I have a master's in technology policy from the University of Cambridge in the UK and kind of like the whole the whole degree. I, I'm going to give you all a master's degree in technology policy now, in like five seconds, basically like the whole degree was hey, wouldn't it be really cool if people make evidence-based decisions and policy and we're really intentional and good about it? Oh, ha ha, that's never going to happen. And that was the degree, like, really. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there are so many negative um, effects that come from intervening. You know, you think you're helping and ultimately you're making things worse. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's a really great article um, by, uh, uh, I guess, policy intellectual named Z, um, who wrote an article on Substack called Car Seats as Contraception, I think. And basically, it's an argument against government interference in having kids. And basically, what he's trying to say is, hey, you don't need to throw money at families. You don't need to do what nations have done and like put one to 4% of GDP toward pronatalist efforts, toward trying to bribe people into having kids. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, maybe don't be so unreasonable about your rules. Maybe just ease up on schooling. Hey, maybe you don't force people to send their kids to public school where their culture to, is systematically erased. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not that hard. Just don't make parenting hard for people, um, but let them have a little more freedom. And that's one of our really big issues, too, is that, you know, it's one thing to have a lot of kids. But really, when it comes to pronatalism and keeping birth rates up, the sign of success is if you have a lot of kids and then those kids have kids who in turn choose to raise them in your culture. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how you know you've really made it. And what's happening to so many people is you could have five kids, you could have 10 kids. And they all go into the public school system, they go to mainstream universities, and they come out deciding that they're never going to have kids ever, and they struggle with mental health. And yeah. like, you know, they're, they've been robbed of their, of their home culture, given a culture that really is maladapted and not intentionally um, designed or, or beautifully designed um, over thousands of years. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a reason why religious traditions exist as they do. They, right. they help people. I mean, among all the reasons. Right. Well, I love um, and, I love all cultures. I've got I've got a friend of mine who who I just don't understand why her kids don't speak Spanish. It'd be like if I had mm-hmm. if I had a mother who spoke another language, I'd be so bummed if I if I rose to adulthood and and I wasn't taught that language because I'm not good at language. Right. So it's like I would have needed you know that you know I I would have needed that help in the home. Right. I studied French yeah. for years and still can't speak it. And you know my point is is like here you've got an opportunity to to you know like you said have children and pass along that culture why would you not right one of the things mm-hmm. that bothers me about america is this it, right now and what's going on is this attempt to homogenize us you know to take mm-hmm. away individuality and that includes the individual home unit and their own culture and their own traditions that they want to pass on you know it's like mm-hmm. now we're, we're all they're trying to force all of us into one little box and there's only one acceptable opinion one acceptable viewpoint and that's being shoved on so many people and individual liberty and parental liberty and parental uh, freedom has gone the wayside, and um, and I'm always for less government and more individual freedom. That's how I roll. I'm so fascinated by by you and the work you've done. I really want to get my hands on the Pragmatist Guide to Crafting Religion. Tell everybody where they can get it. You can get it on Amazon. Um, you can get it. Uh, pretty, it's as cheap as it possibly can be. I think it's uh, if you have Prime or Kindle Unlimited, it's free. And otherwise, it's 99 cents on Kindle, and we made it as cheap as possible in print form. So please check it out. We would be honored. Well, I'm honored to have you here with me tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take good care, Simone Collins. Appreciate it. (laughs) You too. All right. Now, you guys... You go and get yourself a little cold one, a little refreshment. We're going to take a little two, three-minute break here, but then we will be back, so don't you go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, FM 96.1 North County, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm reading a couple comments here on Facebook Live. Uh, Edward says, once the baby boomers all die off, our population will take a big drop. Uh, and you got to think about the fact that if you're counting on Social Security, at some point, we're going to have enough young people to be paying into Social Security. I'm not really sure about that. Uh, Edward says also says we are below replacement levels. Um, that's absolutely true. Um Okay, uh, still, the topic of Tyree Nichols is in the news because the left doesn't want that story to die because they want to be able to continue to use it for all their different uh, agenda items. Here's the latest. Um, that here's, here's how solving the problem of a Tyree Nichols case, um, if, if you want to solve the problem of, of a Tyree Nichols case, all you got to do is solve the climate crisis. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Uh, clip three. Oh, Biden needs to be the leader on this issue. We you need see him, him as a leader provide, now? No, we need him to provide historic leadership in this moment. And when I say historic, I'm talking Roosevelt and Lincoln type historic leadership on this issue and so many others. We cannot just paint around the edges because that maintains a status quo. We have to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. We have to introduce and pass the People's Justice Guarantee so community members can reimagine and restructure public safety in our country. The research shows we need a public health approach to public safety. You want to make us safer, invest in poverty and ending poverty, invest in housing, invest in climate, invest in education. That is how we make our country safer. What we're doing is adding more police and feeding the prison industrial complex. And that has to stop. How much money have we spent on the war on poverty since uh, Mr. Free Chicken in Every Pot? Right. Have we not spent billions of dollars at this point on the war on poverty? And, and, and since when does, does somebody being poor make you shoot somebody else in, the, in a drive by shooting? And what does this have to do with Tyree Nichols? Absolutely nothing. 32 in the next hour we've got uh, financial thought doctor dave elhoff is going to be with us as we've still got a battle over the debt ceiling we've got democrats saying we don't need to have a debt ceiling we just spend and spend and spend we're 32 trillion dollars in debt and we and let me tell you you think about this for just a moment 32 trillion dollars in debt we just had simone collins on to tell us that 115 countries around the world do not have our their birth rates are below the replacement phase we don't have anybody that can can is going to be able to pay this uh, unfunded social security going down the road or pay off all this debt but they want to spend more money to to uh it to so-called invest uh in poverty or to end poverty basically what the democrats want and what this representative wants is reparations right because that's what that's what this means they've got entire classes of people that they think that they can they can uh you know uh, uh, declare as victims so that the rest of us have to write checks and pay them off in California, I don't know what it's up to now. In California, they've been having this committee right, Gavin Newsom talking about reparations, and it started out at, you know, a little bit of money, and now at these reparation meetings, they're saying that every African American, and by the way, not every black person is of African heritage, but every black person in the state of California should now get a house worth a million dollars, right? It's just an, it, it's just continued insanity, but it gets even worse because here's how Ilhan Omar wants to expand upon that idea. Clip four. 
as long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. Let me translate for the terrorist sympathizer and fundraiser for a terrorist organization that was a front group for Hamas. Basically, what she's saying is we need to completely tear down the United States of America's system, the free market capitalist system, and we need to turn it into a communist state. And this is why she should have been deported after she was found out to have married her brother in an immigration fraud scheme. Not continue. It's not good enough for her to be thrown off the Foreign Affairs Committee. She needs to no longer be in this country. She's a communist, a terrorist sympathizer, and a felon. That's who she is. Instead, we've got her continuing here in Congress talking about, you know, and you know, quite frankly, what she is, is she not the insurrectionist? Does this not make her an insurrectionist? I think it makes her far more an insurrectionist than anybody that was there on January 6th. She's literally talking about dismantling the government of the United States of America. She used the word dismantle the whole system of oppression. What we need is we need to be dismantling the Democrat Party. And let me tell you, ain't no Nikki Haley as president is going to be doing that. I got to continue. I, I get the concerns with Trump. I get it. He's got to be doing more to convince me. Uh, I, uh, that uh, he recognizes the mistakes that he's made. Stop just acting like uh, this loyalty thing that he's got doesn't make sense to me. He's showing loyalty to the wrong people and demanding it when he do, when no uh, elected official deserves loyalty. But right now, who else? Can you think of anybody else? Who? Nikki Haley? No. Larry Hogan, former governor from Virginia, he's wanting to throw his hat in the ring. No. Pompeo? Mike Pompeo, no. Mike Pompeo is too far up Zelensky's hiney for me. I'm not interested in Mike Pompeo. When you're pushing, when you're pushing Ukraine, you're you're not you're not who we need for MAGA. I can't think of anybody but Trump right now. DeSantis has an opportunity to prove it to me. Um, so far, he hasn't. So far, he hasn't. Um, it, him making uh, it, he has not been forceful to me. I didn't watch all of the Charlie Kirk interview, but his comments about um, I, I thought um, I thought he was good on Ron and Daniel. Why we needed somebody else, but I, I, I just he's not for, forceful enough against the deep state. All right, so next hour, hour two, we do have um, some Florida news that has to do with gun laws to share with you guys. We've got a a Hollywood story that has to do with transing of kids to share with you guys. Uh, Of course, financial thought doctor Dave Elhoff will be here next hour, and we'll be reading some comments from you on the Facebook live stream. Our 24-hour hotline number is 844-814-5227. You can also email me at andreakshow.com, and I love to read those during the air. So take a break. Stretch your legs and then come on back because we got another hour of the Andrea K Show on its way, my peeps. Three 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.